Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you feel like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. And not just any experts. Specialised experts. Real people who love this stuff, with real, hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says Authenticity Guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, Swing that handbag over your shoulder or step out in that streetwear, you'll realise that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Hi, this is Imran Ahmed, founder and CEO of the Business of Fashion. Welcome to the BOF podcast. It's Thursday, January 21st. A few months ago, when we were putting together our State of Fashion 2021 report with McKinsey & Company, we decided to take a somewhat different approach. Given all the uncertainty around the coronavirus pandemic, we mapped out two different scenarios for an economic recovery and a resulting fashion industry recovery, largely dependent on the massive rollout of three vaccines, which were approved by health authorities in many countries around the world. But as the new year begins, the prospects for an earlier recovery are beginning to dim. In December, a new variant of the coronavirus was discovered in the UK, leading to a massive spike in cases which seemed to outpace the vaccination program, despite the fact that the UK was the first country to approve the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine. This is Matt Hancock, the health secretary, breaking the bad news to UK residents on December 23rd. Good afternoon and welcome to Downing Street for today's coronavirus briefing. We all know that 2020 has been a hard year. And it's ending in this festive period, which is going to be very different. After all the efforts that we've gone through to control this virus, just as we've got a tiered system in place that was able to control this virus, we've discovered a new 
more contagious virus, a variant that is spreading at a dangerous rate. So, in early January, the UK was put back into its third national lockdown, which is now expected to continue until early March. In continental Europe, the news was not much better. Virus containment measures were extended throughout much of Europe, meaning that the lockdowns today are now about as strict as the first set of lockdowns in March of 2020, with travel and tourism crucial to retail sales still on hold. And as the virus continues to spread, the vaccine rollout in major European economies like Germany and France is not going as quickly as hoped. Well, spokesperson for German Chancellor Angela Merkel says it's entirely understandable that people are frustrated by the government's vaccine rollout. Despite having received 1.3 million doses of the Pfizer-BioNTech shot, just over a quarter of a million people have been vaccinated. 2020 ended with a silver lining for France as it became one of the first countries to launch its coronavirus vaccine campaign. But as of January 1st, only 516 people had received a jab. Meanwhile... As the United States braces itself for more unrest amid the inauguration of Joe Biden as president, there have been complications with the vaccine program there, where the virus is still largely out of control, with the U.S. now reaching the grim milestone of 400,000 people who have now died from coronavirus. The rapid turnaround in China, which reported a 6.5% growth in GDP in the last quarter of 2020, will not be enough to make up for the ongoing coronavirus complications in the West, making the prospects for an early recovery seem bleak. To dive into this rapidly changing context, I spoke to Akim Berg, global leader of McKinsey's Apparel, Fashion and Luxury Group, to assess the prospects for the global fashion industry in 2021. First, I asked Akim how the current situation of extended lockdowns and how delayed vaccine rollouts in Europe and the US are shaping his view of how the economic recovery will play out this year. We asked uh, that question ourselves uh, a couple of times now, um, and I'm glad we, we came up with two uh, scenarios. Um, um, and I think the truth is probably somewhere between the two. So uh, we discussed it with a, with a team, uh, internally, that was looking at you know the, the different um, phases of the um, of the development and in the end also of the recovery. Yeah, because um, twenty one is growth versus twenty twenty. Yeah, but uh, we always measure it against two thousand nineteen. Yeah, which is the, the the kind of the benchmark. So we see some recovery uh, in both scenarios. Um, but obviously, the earlier recovery, which would mean, I think, Q3 uh, 2022, is something like, you know, two and a half years out, while the longer one is in, only in 2023. So we had expected to see some lockdowns, um, but I think it's fair to say that uh, we did not expect them as early as October or, you know, or the, the surge of the virus was starting in October, and then depending on which country you look at in Europe, um, we had lockdowns then happening uh, sometime in Q3. Um, Germany, for example, went into um, a stricter lockdown. You know, restaurants were closed in November, retail was closed mid of December. Then they said we're going to reopen January 10. Then it was extended until end of the month. Now it's extended until mid of next month. Yeah, and I think that is just an example for more or less every other European country uh, that we've seen. And there's different priorities. Um, schools are closed in Germany. They are open uh, in France. Um, retail is open in France. Uh, I think restaurants are more or less closed everywhere. 
uh, nowadays. So I think it's fair to say that we expected lockdown, we expected restrictions, but we didn't expect it, you know, that early. And we also didn't expect it to take that long. So, and I think that comes back to our, you know, um, trend here on, on the left-hand side, living with a virus. I think that is with all the hope we had for 2021 and with all the passion we had for ending the terrible year of 22, of 2020, I think we all realized that it will still take time and patience. And I think rationally we all, you know, knew it, that we would have to get somehow into late spring and uh, early summer. But we realize now, middle of Jan, it's a long, long time. Yeah, that's at least what I realized personally, uh, having two uh, kids uh, homeschooling uh, and those uh, beautiful things. Um, and if you think about it, that this will drag on in the one or the other shape and form, um, it will require a lot of patience. Last year, it only started mid of March, and it took us until mid of September before things were kind of stable. So I think the weather component uh, in the Northern Hemisphere, that things get warmer and we spend more time outside, that will take likely until uh, September, or, and not September, oh my God, until May. Um, the question is, do the lockdowns, do the rules, and do, most importantly, the vaccinations change the game to the positive? And how do the mutations of the virus, South Africa, Brazil, uh, UK, at least uh, to latest official counting, how does that counterbalance the vaccine effects? And the more I look at it, the more we look at it, we come to the conclusion that the picture will play out, you know, will be different in different uh, regions. Yeah. So if you look at Dubai, I think it's a different story than uh, what we currently see in Europe. But the, the picture in Europe is relatively uniform that it will take much longer than what we thought. Yeah. And it's not only about Christmas and New Year's Eve. I think we're through that phase, at least in most countries. But vaccinations take quite a long time. And the mutations, I think nobody really had that, you know, uh, in the math. And therefore, long answer to, you know, your question, uh, we are closer to the later recovery at this point, but we don't know exactly on how it will play out, but it will require patience. Got it. So is there a scenario, Akim, that's even worse than what we predicted in this report? Because as you point out, no, I mean, the, the variants that appeared here in the UK and in South Africa, and apparently there's one in Brazil now, that hadn't even factored into some of the, the thinking we had done beforehand. I mean, things seem pretty grim at the moment. I mean, do, is, it, is there a scenario where the result is even worse than what we had predicted? The answer is yes. Yeah, I think uh, on the positive note, uh, I think there's lots of research that shows if you're in the middle of the problem, um, you know, you, you tend to become more negative and you're not looking at the bright side of things. Yeah. So, and we're probably now pretty deep down. Nobody knows whether we, we, we you know, we touch the bottom or not. Yeah. But of course, if you go back to, you know, 10 months ago, um, maybe nine months ago, when we published our coronavirus update, at that point in time, our expectation was somehow things would be significantly better by year end. And, you know, spring, summer 21 would be hopefully the first more normal 
collection for the industry. I think the reality is that was not the case. We all had hoped that we would get into summer, things would normalize a bit. We had hopes for vaccines, not very concretely. I think it's in, in, in the end, in, in hindsight, it's magic that we've gotten so many uh, you know, vaccines and that we're rolling it out already. And therefore, of course, we could be in the same trap. And, uh, you know, and the reality could be that this takes another year and that uh, you know, we will somehow get to uh, spring, end of spring and summer, that we will you know, do better over the summer. My, my strong assumption is summer this year will be better than summer last year. Yeah, why wouldn't it? The only, you know, the only reason is a really severe mutation that, I don't know, can deal with summer and temperatures and ultraviolets and whatever, yeah? I'm not a pandemic expert. I'm not a vir- virologist, but... We're all epidemiologists now because yeah, we're exactly. all using these... No, but, but if you, the negative one is vaccinations take longer, it drags out. I've read in the newspaper in Italy, people in the 40s only get vaccinated in October. Uh, I don't know whether that is the latest planning, but if that is the case and the virus is not managed and under control after the summer, then we are in a more negative uh, scenario. Okay. Let's focus on the U.S. market for a bit, because as I mentioned earlier, there's been a lot of turmoil uh, in the U.S. The, The vaccine rollout has been particularly slow there. There's a lot of confusion in the execution. I think uh, Joseph Biden has this $1.9 trillion stimulus program that includes some focus on kind of addressing some of the issues with the vaccine rollout and also some more uh, fiscal stimulus for um, that's going to go in the form of, you know, page, uh, checks out to people who need um, income support. What What are you hearing on the ground in the U.S. market right now? You know, a few months ago, we, you know, even in our report, we had uh, luxury brands telling us that there was this massive surge in, in demand because, you know, the U.S. customers weren't traveling and spending their money on other things. You know, what's the latest from the U.S. market at the moment? I think it's kind of stable, you know, at exactly at that point that you just described. I think there was some fear in the stock market, but also more broadly about um, the blue wave um, and also about, you know, the Democrats uh, controlling both houses uh, and uh, the presidency. Uh, I think if you look at the stock markets, uh, they've clearly overcome this one. There's other challenges on the political side. There will be a new administration. I think there will be more focus on fighting the virus uh, and hopefully that has some impact. There will also more stimulus. Overall, I think we are in a, in a, in a, in a more positive scenario uh, in my book. Uh, on the other hand, as you, as you say, I think that the virus is broadly spread. I think it's not uh, really, um, the infection rates are not really coming down. And the reality is, not only in the US, also in Europe, even in Asia, that even with a growing share of online, we cannot, you know, balance out uh, the declines uh, in, in, in physical retail. It's just, and, and no matter whether this is, depending on geography, 15%, 20%, 30%, 40% of total business in online, and even if that is growing at 50%, you cannot compensate uh, for the physical retail. So some business models, obviously, if you are if you're a digital platform, you know you don't have that uh, the, the downside of the physical stores. Um, but that is the only exemption. Every other hybrid, uh, multi-channel uh, player is is facing that that problem. And physical retail is 
as long as we are wearing masks, do social distancing, you know, do the whole, uh, you know, protocol is just, um, it's no positive experience. And in that respect, uh, traffic will be, uh, uh, will continue to be reduced. Conversion goes up. Yeah. But again, I think you can't get enough growth on that channel for most companies to compensate the downside. Yeah. You know, you bring up physical retail. It's a really uh, interesting question. I actually took a, we're allowed to take a walk once a day here in the UK. And I decided to walk from my home all the way to Oxford Street through Hyde Park. And I hadn't been to Oxford Street, you know, for many, many months. And Akim, I guess you haven't been there either, but it is not just a ghost town. It is a wasteland. I mean, the number of boarded up shops, you know, I'm sure you've heard that, you know, Topshop is shutting down its Oxford Street flagship. It, you know, the store I saw on the kind of Western side of Oxford Street is already shut down. But I also saw that Primark was closed, obviously. And, you know, Primark is one of these unique businesses operating way at the lower end of our, you know, spectrum of, of fashion, but they don't have an e-commerce operation. So, you know, what are your thoughts for companies like that? I mean, Chanel is another one that doesn't do e-commerce in the traditional way. These, these companies that continue to kind of stick to this strategy of no e-commerce in the, in the face of extended lockdowns, you know, what happens to companies like that? Because they're really missing out, not just on this kind of short-term opportunity to, to kind of benefit from the surge in e-commerce, but also all of the learning that many other companies are, are going through on how to kind of serve customers from afar. Yeah, I think we've seen that trend uh, of, um, of e-commerce and digitization, uh, you know, over many years. Uh, it was growing before COVID. It gets accelerated through COVID. Uh, now we are in the, in the strange situation that is the, the kind of only channel. And it's not only Primark in the, you know, in, uh, in the UK, but it's more or less every physical retailer in Germany can't operate the physical stores and, and they can only do the online side of it. So I think the reality is there is some business models, there is some price points. Uh, in particular, if you look at um, a discount in the value segment, where it is difficult to get the online uh, business working, depending on average sales price, basket size, uh, you know, high share of returns, it's just economically you know, not attractive. And I think the bridge in the past was while you can't, you know, really sell, uh, you know, you could at least reserve for, with some players, you could reserve in store and then you could do click and clock. Um, they also played very actively social media. I think, you know, Primark, as you mentioned before, was very active on social media, promoting the styles. And then in the end, channeling the people, you know, to the stores. Of course, those businesses are harder hit during a phase where stores are, you know, closed. And I think the other reality is that you described is, I think I've seen that already in September, August, September, when I was in London, you had stores closed uh, and you know, many more than in other places because all the locations that depend on international travelers, on tourists, on regional tourists, don't have any traffic at the moment. And let's face it, it will take at least a year until we see international travelers back, but it will also take until the summer before you see regional travelers back. I don't think that there will be a lot of Easter break uh, vacationists, um, no. at least not to London. And yeah. that means, bottom line, for a lot of the businesses, you're not going to get enough traffic. And that is a moment where you review, do you really need that store? And will you be able to make that profitable 
in a meaningful uh, time frame. And that means a lot of closures. But I think the, the, the moment things normalize, and we can talk about my favorite topic of the Roaring Twenties later, I think people want to get the shopping experience again. They, if they, I can't wait. I think nowadays doing grocery shopping is already an experience because that gets you out of your four walls and it's kind of allowed. But, you know, there must be more than that. And people will also get tired of online shopping. And I'm, I'm pretty uh, sure that the moment it really opens up, not a bit, but really we're back to no masks, no distancing and all of that, we will see a surge in uh, physical retail and we will see a decline in online retail. And afterwards, we're going to see a normalization where digital has made a structural shift and where physical retail got wiped out in certain locations in certain parts and uh, you know where we're also going to see victims of the uh, ongoing consolidation ready to pop the question the jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds and they're ready to ship to your door Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you feel like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. And not just any experts, specialised experts. Real people who love this stuff, with real, hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Have you ever owned something that inspired you to up your game? For me, I got a chef-grade range recently, and now I'm cooking new things every single night. Seriously, no cuisine is off-limits. The point is, when we own exceptional things, they inspire us to do exceptional things. The all-new Lexus GX has an exceptional capability that will have you seeing possibilities you never knew existed. Its advanced technology and luxurious interior mean that wherever you go, you'll never go without. 
I can picture myself with a car full of groceries, cruising down the highway, soaking up the sun with the available dynamic sky panorama glass roof. Ah, pure bliss. Live up to the all-new Lexus GX, luxury beyond limits. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. So it's, it's, a, it's a question I wanted to kind of go in a bit deeper with you because it seems to me the longer these lockdowns last, the longer um, you know, the economics of just holding on to these physical spaces become more and more challenging for you know, companies to justify, you know, the, the more closures we're going to see. So what, what do you see or what do you think is going to happen with all of this empty uh, retail space, particularly, I mean, in addition to your point on tourism, Akim, like in big cities like London, where the city center is such a critical part of the kind of shopping experience for people who even live in the city and no one's really going into city centers anymore. Like what happens to, you know, miles and miles and miles of like, high quality retail space like we see in London or New York or some of these other big cities? I think we're going to see a multitude of, of, of changes. So the first one is, I think if you look at London, you have some of the traditional high frequency uh, areas, uh, Oxford Street, Regent Street, New Bond Street. But you also, you know, I've seen places like Mount Street, yeah, that, you know, were growing at one point. And, and I think during a period where you had a, an endless stream of international travelers, long haul, but also, you know, regional ones, uh, and you got all of that traffic, you, you got your little pockets of retail, yeah? And something on Fleet Street, something on Mount Street. So a lot of different places. I think the first change that I expect to see is we're going to see a concentration to the really core, core parts, uh, you know, of, um, of uh, the shopping areas. Yeah, so also western side of Oxford Street versus the eastern side, you know, um, where we've also seen quite some development. So I think overall we're going to see less and we're going to really going to see those areas that are really high traffic and where you get the best stores, the best environment, the best experience. Mm. I'm not concerned about the, the really core, core parts of it. Yeah, you're probably going to see a change of... Uh, brands and and uh, and those who own the stores because the weaker brands with a weaker balance sheet they might even have to give up some of those locations because they can just not afford it and we're going to see that in particular on the luxury end the big players the conglomerates those who can afford will take advantage of that and get the best you know pieces uh, you know on those streets I think that is what's going to happen kind of, uh, you know, in, uh, in, uh, in the big metropolitan areas. And it will depend on when is travel, you know, really coming back and is impacting. In general, what was interesting, at least in Germany here, is that a lot of the mid-sized cities and the smaller cities that were in constant decline in recent years, they got, you know, they, they relatively performed better in recent months than the big cities. And there's a couple of reasons for that. A lot of people are doing home office, at least part of their time. Um, they are not going to the big cities, you know, to work there in the offices, which means they're also not shopping in the big cities. And given that the experience is, you know, diminished anyway, it doesn't really matter on whether you go to the flagship or whether you go to, um, to a normal store uh, in a mid-sized city. I think the long-term trend is against them, yeah, because... People want experience uh, in the end, and they get a better experience in the bigger cities. So 
this is more one of the few really COVID trend changes that will come to an end once things really normalize. And we will see a, a, you know, a, a decline then of those locations and we're going to increase of the, the big city locations. Got that. Well, you know, Akim, I, I want to turn to China now where we have a completely different story playing out, right? Um, yeah, and just to refresh everyone's memories, China has uh, managed to really control the pandemic. They had a breakout recently in one city. They shut that city down, Hebei. Uh, 11 million people tested everybody, found the cases, isolated the people. Uh, a, a system in place for very, very much managing any outbreaks. And at the same time, you know, this week it was announced that they had 6.5% um, growth in, I think, the last quarter of the year. Yeah. And so, you know, you compare what's happening in the West with what's happening in China, at least, you know, and it's, it's really two completely different stories. So again, you know, what are you hearing from your clients and, you know, sources in China right now about the situation there as it pertains to our industry? Absolutely. I think it's exactly as you described it. Um, I would be a bit more cautious on they got the perfect system to, to keep it under control. I think they also didn't understand how they even could have a breakout in Hebei, yeah, yeah. And, um, and whether they found all the cases or you know whether there's still some out there, uh, I think there is at least I read you know th those cases maybe came more from the rural areas in the in the country to Hebei. So I think that they also got a bit of a wake up call that you know while they were doing much better than anybody else. You know, that virus is tricky and, you know, it could, you know, research. And the reality is they are super restrictive in um, anybody coming into the country. You need to quarantine, not like in, in Europe where you can basically fly from A to B. And, you know, it's up to your um, own understanding on uh, whether you test yourself or nobody's really controlling it, at least not, not to my understanding, or in very few locations, let's be fair. If you go to Hong Kong, you now need to quarantine for three weeks. And you need to do it in a hotel and it needs to be controlled and you get an app. So there's also some restrictions to civil rights and, and personal freedom that allow that. But the reality is within China, we've seen they've overcome the, the whole crisis topic already after the last summer. I think that's what we hope to achieve after this summer. They actually did after, uh, you know, uh, the 2020 summer. And the result is, as you say, 6.5% um, in the in Q4. I think overall, 25 to 3% GDP growth for all of 2020. That's the only sizable country on the planet that really saw, you know, that growth. There is other examples. If you look into Australia, if you look into um, to New Zealand, there is some... But, but you also realize it's islands and, and, and there is a way of restricting movements. Yeah? And there's so, therefore also the movement of the virus. Uh, the reality is traffic is still down in China. Yeah? I think we're still down 20, 25%. Um, you uh, mean store traffic? Store traffic, yes, I'm sorry. Store traffic. Conversion is up as a consequence. So people are more focused. It's still, with all the restrictions you have, mask and, and distancing and all of that, going back to my experience point, it's less of fun. It's less of a shopping experience. So people are less excited to do it. Also here, online is the big winner. And um, 
it still has not normalized, but they are, you could argue, ahead of us, you know, quite a bit. The reality is we won't be able, you know, to copy uh, some of the principles and some of the things they do just the way they do it. Right. Which means in my playbook, it's just going to take longer uh, in the US, in Europe to really get out of it. And hopefully it's only one year longer, you know, summer 21 versus summer 2020. Got it. You know, it begs the question, though, Akim, is I've already noticed a lot of brands are shifting a lot of their marketing activity, a lot of their attention to China, because clearly there's a you know, more uh, you know, realizable short-term opportunity there. And just when these other economies are starting to finally emerge from the crisis that they're they maybe caught a bit flat-footed in those markets, how do you advise companies to think about resource allocation and, you know, where they focus their attention? Yeah, so I think, first of all, it was exactly the right thing, in particular of the luxury players, to do what they did. Yeah, um, the only market in, uh, in the world where they could outgrow, excuse me, um, uh, their forecasts and plans was China. So it's also the only market where um, you can really grow in-store and, uh, you know, online uh, business. Let's face it, in, 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 for many players in the Western world, they even have stopped online marketing because, you know, they, they can't cope with the demands anyway. Um, and uh, they, they, it takes them a or two to deliver. So you, you don't really need to do social media marketing and spend your budgets there. So you better spend it, uh, you know, uh, in, uh, in China. I think the other realization is we've seen... A, uh, the repatriation, and repatriation is actually the wrong term for it, of luxury spend in China, in my expectation, is to a large extent permanent. What do I mean with that? Repatriation, the term used, means instead of spending the money um, on international travel and to go to Paris and Milan and London, people are forced to stay in China, so they do the luxury purchases in China. They save a lot of money on uh, not traveling. Uh, they can't travel. It's only within China. I think if, if you go to Hainan, there's a lot of um, uh, activity at the moment. But people still want to indulge themselves. There's a bit of revenge spending here. And there's just also a habit of just getting the news and the greatest. There's a lot of marketing about it. Will that ever come back to the extent we had it? I doubt that. Because it will take time until uh, we're going to see the international travelers again. 12 months? Maybe much longer. Before, months. I mean, if you look much at what longer. the travel industry is saying, you know, the longer this goes on, they're saying three or four years before travel exactly. returns to so, what and, it was. And it will require prerequisites. You know, you would need to have something like a document that you are vaccinated, or, you know, you probably still have to do the tests. It's still, you know, perceived as a risk to be on a plane for 12 hours. So we clearly expect that once the Chinese start to, to travel again, they will go to Korea, to Japan, to Thailand, yeah, but they're not going to go to Europe or North America in the first place. So that will take a long time, which means they probably get used to it. And while we were talking a lot about price parity uh, 12 months ago, 18 months ago in the luxury industry, internet is global, you see the prices for, you know, why is China 20, 30% you know, more expensive in luxury goods than Europe? All of that is history. Most uh, in, you know, luxury uh, groups have increased the prices in, in China because that's the, the place they can do business and they can do a margin these days. And they literally have a captive 
market because those people have no choice about where they're going to shop anymore, right? So they can't exactly. go. The only exception is online. Yeah. Where also the, the you know the, the global luxury platforms are shipping into China. Yeah. But also there you can make a price discrimination, and that is also happening. So that what I want to say is, will they re this whole habit of I travel to Europe, I want to buy it in Paris because that has meaning to me, and I take advantage of the lower prices. That's going to take a while. And that has an implication for the luxury goods industry because it means that for a long time, you know, if you have a store in Frankfurt, you probably have to focus serving people that are living in Frankfurt or close by. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, in the foreseeable future, even if you are in a travel destination like London, Paris, or even Como, you can't wait for the Chinese and the Americans. You probably they have to, you know, serve regional travelers. And that is a whole new thing because the store staff in most of those cities is Chinese, Russian, um, Arab, uh, you know, is uh, speaking Arab. If you are serving the, the, you know, people, Germans, you know, you probably need less of that. You would also need to adjust your assortments. You need to play CRM. I get more emails than ever, you know, from all the luxury brands um, that I should look at the online page and, you know, revisit the store once that is, is doable. So it's a whole new game, but it's also an opportunity because I would argue that because it was so easy in some locations to serve the international travelers, they didn't go the hard way to serve the locals. Yeah. And if they can serve the Chinese in China and some of the travelers the moment they come back and do real business with the locals and the regionals, overall, that should be more than what they currently do. Akim, thank you for your thoughts and your insights. You know, this fast-changing situation requires regular check-ins. So um, maybe we'll check in with you again sometime soon. Um, ev everyone kind of wants to see the end of this. Do you have any kind of final thoughts for us today? Well, I think in my, my, my typical one, I think it will come to an end. Yeah. So um, while it's hard to foresee when, uh, and it's probably also not going to over from, you know, overnight, uh, it's not, not how it started, you know. It arrived overnight, but it would probably fade out a bit. But I think we will get a lot of things back that we valued before the crisis. I, I'm sure we've learned a lot of lessons through the crisis, but we will, you know, we will party again. We will have fun. We will dress up for it. And uh, the fashion industry will play a strong role in that. So uh, let's uh, hopefully get through this final lockdown and, and let's get ready for better times. And definitely looking forward to those roaring but responsible 20s. Absolutely. That's, that's what I'm looking forward we, to. We will okay. responsibly celebrate like hell. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much, Akim. Have a lovely afternoon and stay safe. Absolutely. You too. Bye, everyone. Yeah, Bye, everybody. If you've enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe, give us a rating, and you might be interested in joining the Business of Fashion's global membership community, BOF Professional. Our members receive exclusive deep dive analysis, regular email briefings, as well as unlimited access to our archive of over 10,000 articles, our new iPhone app, and all of the online courses and learning materials from BOF Education. You know that's the sound of another sale on your online Shopify store. But did you know Shopify powers selling in person, too? That's right. Shopify is the sound of selling everywhere. Online, in-store, on social media, and beyond. 
Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash BOF, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash BOF to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash BOF. Have you ever owned something that inspired you to up your game? For me, I got a chef grade range recently and now I'm cooking new things every single night. Seriously, no cuisine is off limits. The point is, when we own exceptional things, they inspire us to do exceptional things. The all-new Lexus GX has an exceptional capability that will have you seeing possibilities you never knew existed. Its advanced technology and luxurious interior mean that wherever you go, you'll never go without. I can picture myself with a car full of groceries, cruising down the highway, soaking up the sun with the available dynamic sky panorama glass roof. Ah, pure bliss. Live up to the all-new Lexus GX. Luxury beyond limits. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 